Happy Wednesday, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala, Hazel Makuzeni is my producer, and Ganek Mkunika is our technical producer for today. I always butcher his name. You may reach us on 0892102010 or email otherwise at safm.co.za. Join us this weekend on SAFM Sports Special as our coverage of the Chan Tournament continues with live crossings to all the matches. We also have European golf action from Abu Dhabi, news from the Dakar Rally, and our coverage of the Australian Open continues. We'll also chat to Roman De Beer, who has taken another huge step on his journey to becoming a Formula One driver. The young South African will be racing in GP3 in 2014 and he'll join us in studio to tell us all about it. Be sure to tune in on Saturday at 3 and Sunday at 4 for SAFM Sports Special with myself, Brad Brown, only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM. So your child either started grade zero today or, if older, had to get back to the routine of waking up early after a long holiday. Definitely not an easy day for most parents. So we've invited educational psychologist Cara Blackie to share some of her insights with regards to all the emotions that accompany this day. Welcome to Otherwise, Cara, and thank you for your time. Ah, it's a pleasure. Nice to be with you. What experience did you have today, the drag me back to school or the grade zero hero one? Um, I think you always experience a bit of both. (laughs) There's always a bit of excitement, but a bit of fear going with it. What should we have prepared our children for, especially the new ones that are starting grade zero? Yeah, I think, you know, there's so many fears and anxieties that they have that I don't even think as adults we're really aware of because we forget about it. So especially for the little ones, you know, preparing them, you know, for you know, what school is really about, how to make friends, um, you know, new friends, new teachers. There's so many different experiences that they're going to have that they don't really know what to expect. And I think that's where the biggest fear comes in is the unknown. Um, And that's why there's often that resistance to go um, because they're not too sure what they're going to experience when they get there. Yeah, and that that letting go at the school is the most difficult time for a parent, is it not, and the child? Yeah, I think it's sometimes harder for the parent than the child. Um, I think that teachers try their best to make it quite inviting for the kids, but I think the parents, if they've looked after, you know, the child has spent more time with them before that, and then they have to now let them go for for a longer period, it's quite tough. Um, So often parents need to try and separate a bit quicker um, when they drop them off because it really helps the child to feel okay it's safe, my mom's okay, I can go through too. <laughs> and, and, and teachers are, are, are often, you know, in demand on the first day because every parent wants to talk to the teacher to make yeah. sure that, you know, the child is, 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 is okay. But, but is, is that encouraged to, you know, to, to swamp the teacher like that? I would say that most schools, especially for like a grade R or grade one, grade one program, I think they're quite well trained in terms of if there is a problem, you know, how to either deal with it or when to call the parent. Mm. Um, so I think that parents need to sort of trust that they've chosen the right school, that they maybe have met their teachers before school starts, maybe the year before, and that if there was a major problem, that they would be contacted so they don't have to swamp them all on the first day. Mm-hmm. So ideally they should have met the, the teachers before they took the child to school and not this morning for the first time. Yeah, it would have been, you know, it doesn't always happen because, you know, at the end of the year it often gets quite busy, but it is, it is beneficial just so they know also who's going to be teaching their child. Mm. Now, about, about conversations, because most parents are probably fetching their children right now, especially the grade zero ones. What sort of conversations should be taking place? I think that, you know, especially for the little ones, I would try and see what they talk about. Um, because often the more you probe them, the more they think that there must have been something that, you know, would have happened and they need to talk about something. So mm. I would, as a parent, just wait and say, you know, how was your day and see what they come up with. And then you can sort of gauge, you know, because you know your child so well, whether if there was a bit of a fear, 
what their emotion is when they're coming back. So is it a bit of excitement? If they say, I don't really want to go back or I'm not feeling well, then you know there's maybe a bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And you can maybe say, oh, you know, it's actually quite scary and, you know, that you have to make new friends and, you know, it takes sometimes a while, maybe, you know, a few days before you meet a new friend. And then if you're related to an experience before, you know, oh, I remember you didn't know this person and then they became your best friend. That often helps for a child to know that the parents understand that it's, a difficult or a new experience and not something that maybe would just be lots of fun. And today, again, because of the excitement or the confusion and the anxiety, you, the yeah. child loses a bag or forgets the jersey yeah. or forgets the blazer and and things get lost. Uh, what are parents supposed to, to, to say to that? Because, you know, some of them have, yeah. have spent a lot of money uh, yeah. in, in getting these things and the child comes back with a sock missing for whatever reason, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what their parents mustn't forget is that we can't expect the little children to remember all of that. Mm. Um, and so in some ways, the only way that they're going to get more responsible is by showing them how to be more responsible. So it's probably quite important for the first few weeks that a parent, when they pick them up, says, okay, do you have your bag? Do you have your lunchbox, anything else that you know that they might have with them or should have with them, and just check before you leave the school. Because then you can say, okay, where do you think you might have put it? Um, instead of it all being on the child when you get home, where's this? Mm. And then getting quite upset about it. Mm. Maybe just taking a bit of that responsibility off at first until the child gets into the routine, and then you probably wouldn't have to ask anymore. Now, is there any way we would know uh, on on day one whether our children have uh, any kind of learning disability or difficulty? For for grade north. For grade north. For grade R. Mm. I think you know you would possibly you know I would hope that um, the preschools that they were at before maybe picked up some kind of delay um, or some kind of difficulties, but generally grade R in particular is so vital for kids. So in that grade year, grade R year, that's when teachers normally observe mm -hmm. and rarely see because that's when they start learning, especially through play. So fine motor control, gross motor will come in. All of those kind of skills that they need for grade one will start to be developed in grade R, even though it seems like they're just having fun and playing. It's, it's so vital for them. So it's normally within that year those teachers would start to, maybe more towards halfway through the year, depending on the child, start to pick up if there are any delays or any weaknesses. And generally, they would try and assess them in the classroom and work with it. If not, then they might refer to somebody else to help. Somebody like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what can I do before the grade or grade zero or grade R as a parent? And, we, you know, we talk about the, the kind of play we, we offer our children. Is there any particular way of, of getting them ready for, for school and for learning prior yeah. to this time? The kinds of games you give them or the kinds yeah. of toys you buy them uh, just preschool? Yeah, I would, for me, what I pick up a lot is a, a very poor frustration tolerance in little kids. So where they will start a task, if it's too difficult or they can't do it, immediately give up and want to do something else. And as a parent, you can pick that up and try and enforce for them to try a bit harder, carry on with the task, because that will impact on how they perform at school by just giving up and not trying. And it's quite difficult for them, the teacher, to do it. So I would say as a parent, before they even go to grade R, don't overwhelm your child with too many activities and games and toys because mm -hmm. then they will swap from one to one. And the harder ones, they'll leave behind and they'll play with the ones they like or that they're good at. Um, and it's about sort of monitoring that side because too many things, you can't really see what they're performing well at because mm -hmm. you, you're giving them too much for for a child to really be able to sort of sit with and work on. And it is about sometimes the parents just sitting with them and doing it with them. So it's not something like, okay, you do, oh, you can't do the puzzle, why not, come on. You know, it's, it's about that play and sort of, for me, it's about that relationship between the mom and the child that's so vital or the mom and dad. You can really just sit and see, okay, maybe it's getting a bit hard, okay. Should we give a, you know, take a little bit of a break? Should we come back to it?
um, or, you know, put it aside for a couple of weeks and then reintroduce it. All of those kind of things where you're not letting the child never do something that's difficult, but understanding that that's the process of learning. Mm. And how how involved should parents get uh, at the school? I mean, should should we all join uh, the school governing body? How, how much should we participate at the school? I would say because parents have, you know, work and different kind of responsibilities. Other than that, I would say what your time would be able to allow you to do. So if you have more time and you really could get involved more within the school, within the school governing body, then I would try to, you know. But if you know that you don't have enough time and it's not going to be, you know, something that you could really get involved in, I would be involved as much as you can in terms of when there are meetings, go to all the meetings, when you've picked up some kind of concern, then send a letter through. Or, you know, if there's something that's happened at home or within the family, notify the teachers because it's so important for teachers to know maybe what's going on so they can be more sensitive to other issues. So it's that kind of communication. So it's not all the time phoning the teacher or writing a letter, but it's when you think that the teacher might need to know. I think that's the most important thing. Is it good for, for children? Does it help when they see their parents more involved at the school? Um, or is it just good for the parents so that they know what's going on? Does it, um, does it change yeah, anything for I the child? A, yeah, I'm not too sure. I would possibly say a bit of both. Um, I think that especially, you know, when they start grade R and grade 1, in the beginning they would probably love their parents to be more involved so if they could see them at the school or hear about them. But I think as they grow up, there's also a part of them that also wants to separate in some ways and mm. get their own sort of individuality, which I think is important for kids. So in some points I think a parent also needs to let the child be you know, and if there is an issue that the child could work through, that they're not going to step in and deal with it immediately, depending on, you know, if it's a fight between friends or something like that. Um, so I think that parents need to, at some points, also let go of, you know, that sort of contact that they may have with the kid and with the school. Now, let's go to the elder, older children mm. that are going back there at high school, they're going back to school, and adolescence, and, and, and you know how difficult it is after such a long holiday to get yeah. them to prepare them and for, for school again and, and get them ready for for yeah. the year ahead. Yeah, no, it is it is very difficult, especially the early morning start. <laughs> I think what's important for parents is that first week will probably be quite difficult, but if you stick with a routine, so let's say half past six or whatever the time is that they have to be up. Um, I would stick with that. So not some mornings you want to sleep in a bit or however they wake up, if it's their own alarm or if they, the parents have to go and wake the child up, try and sort of stick with it that they get used to that routine because eventually their bodies will fall into sort of waking up at that time, which hopefully won't take too long. Um, but I think it's important, whatever parents do, for their teenagers to be consistent. You know, so as long as it's the same all the time, eventually it will become a routine for them. Do you have any children of your own? I don't have. Well, you did sound too young, actually, <laughs> if I may say so. <laughs> With such a busy career, I'm not sure um, when you'll start a family, but I, 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 I envy you because you've got so much knowledge about the, these difficult times, especially children and, and education, that I, I really do envy you. How do people get hold of you to get advice? Um, they can either go onto my website, um, which is educational psychologist um, and then sort of dash joeberg.ca.za, or they can contact me on my cell phone or my email address. Um, and then generally I just respond back to them in connection to if there's a concern or if they just need some kind of, you know, advice on a particular topic then that can also be arranged okay give us your email address i'm not going to ask for your for your cell sure. phone because um but, yeah no for sure my email address is cara blackie so c-a-r-a e-l-a-c-k-i-e mm-hmm. at yahoo.com at yahoo.com thank you so much cara for your it's time and and uh good luck for 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 the year hmm? yes thank you so much and good luck to all the listeners thank you Okay, bye. Bye.
That's educational therapist Cara Blackie. And you may contact her at carablackie at yahoo.com. The South African Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Guide, in partnership with SAFM, will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. We invite business from all sectors to join us at the President Hotel in Bloemfontein to the launch of the Free State Province Symposium on the 27th of January 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Kajaneni at 082-923-4402 or email at rsvp at bbmmedia.co.za Also visit southafricanguide.co.za Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, Madeleine Rocher, I think it is, she's the founder of Desk Bags in... Uh, uh, and I think this is such an amazing concept. I don't know. Madeline, hello. Welcome to Otherwise. Hi, hello. Thank Bef- you very much. Be- before I even tell people what you do, how did you get to, 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 to even create these desk bags? It's actually a bit of a long story. Um, Please tell it. Please tell it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the mother company of desk bags is PR Works, which is a public relations company. Mm-hmm. And we have been publicizing many, many blue chip companies, corporate social investment work over the years. And a lot of our clients are involved in um, the educational sphere. And throughout the years, I've noticed that a lot of these kids go to school and uh, they carry a checkers. And just so that your listeners know, a checkers is literally any plastic bag. (laughs) It doesn't matter what (laughs) what brand is on it. It's called a checkers. Um, So they would carry their checkers to school and um, with their books and their little bit of stationery that they have. And then a lot of the kids had some makeshift item underneath their arm, you know, whether it was a piece of cardboard box or a hardboard or sometimes even an ice cream tub. And I realized that this was becoming um, more and more prominent. So I sat down and spoke to these kids and said to them, you know, what is this that you're carrying around? Mm. And they told me they didn't have school desks. So at first I was totally, um, I I just didn't believe what these kids were saying. And I started doing a bit of investigation, and um, Minister of Basic Education, Angie Mocheka, mm-hmm. actually said in a parliamentary response that there are 3.1 million children in South Africa who don't have school days. Wow. And there are 4 million children in South Africa who don't have school chairs. And I thought to myself, you know what, instead of us just publicizing the good work that our other clients are doing in, um, various educa- uh, through various educational initiatives, we need to do something ourselves as well. So I got hold of um, some outdoor uh, companies, outdoor advertising companies, mm. and I asked them what they did with their vinyl billboard materials. So a lot of the, uh, the billboard materials were just being dumped into landfill sites, mm. and obviously it's not biodegradable, mm. and a lot of people in informal settlements would pick it up and use it as a roof cover because it's waterproof. Mm. Mm. Um, but the problem with that is that the vinyl materials are highly flammable, and it can literally do, uh, burn down a village in five minutes flat. Sure. So I started speaking to the outdoor companies, and we literally now have the support of 90% of the companies in Gauteng, and they now donate their vinyl billboards to us, um, which we then, in turn, cut up and create desk bags with. So a desk bag is a school bag that, when folded open, provides a portable desk. I don't believe it. <laughs> it is so amazing. And, and it just took you and your concern, because you obviously listened you know, when, when, and you were watching these kids. Where were these children from? The children were from Limpopo, and I must just tell you that it's not unique to the Limpopo province. You know, a lot of corporate companies say to me, oh, you know what, we don't need to get involved because we're not in the Limpopo province. Mm. I can show you places in Midrand. You know, I can show you places in Pretoria. I can show you places in, uh, on the east end of Johannesburg. Where children where, don't have desks. Where they don't have desks. Um, you know, we just did a handover to a school in Davyton before the close of um, or the close of the term last year, and out of a school of seven hundred and fifty pupils, five hundred didn't have desks. And this is literally on the east end. So everybody who thinks that it's purely in the rural communities, it's not true. You know, when our kids are facing this battle on a day-to-day basis, you can imagine the discomfort. You know, of working on your hands and knees and using the ground as a working surface for six to seven hours a day. Um, and this is what these kids are facing. You know, the, the newspapers also covered uh, quite a few stories now, um, now that it's almost back to school time, about the matriculants 
that wrote their final metric exams with no desks. With no desks. Yeah. Now, how do you distribute these desks? We distribute the desks free of charge to any school that is in need. Um, right now, it's being funded by PR Works, but we do have some corporate companies that come on board. And what we do for them, it literally costs them 100 rand per bag, which is the production cost of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a full-time facility where we've taken ladies from our local community, which is Davidson, and they've been trained as industrial seamstresses. So they make bags literally Monday to Friday full, on a full-time basis. Um, so you not only just have give bags, but you've also created jobs. <laughs> yes, yes. So we've got um, industrial seamstresses, we've got pattern wash, uh, well, uh, vinyl washers, and we've got um, pattern cutters as well. Um, you should actually stop around one day. When we collect the billboards, you can imagine they are absolutely filthy, having um, been standing on the side of the road with um, you know, all that pollution. So by the time we get them, they're normally quite black mm. and full of soot. Mm. And then our billboard washers would come in and lay them out in the street. Luckily, we're in a cul-de-sac, so we can't disturb anyone. <laughs> and uh, it looks like major slip and slide. Uh, sometimes we have kids from the community joining in. Uh, because they love sliding up and down. <laughs> and then uh, once they're washed and um, straightened out, you know, then they go in for pattern cutting. So, yeah, it's created quite a few jobs in the process as well. But, um, you know, the thing that excites me the most about this project is we've had some feedback from principals to say that absenteeism uh, has been reduced. Kids' homework has increased. Um, you know, they're doing better in school. Because what a lot of people don't realize is this desk bag is not only just being used at school. A lot of these kids come from informal settlements and they don't have a table or a desk at home either. Of course, then they do their homework at home exactly. on the desk. Exactly. Yeah, so um, we're really driving the message very, very hard that uh, education is the vaccine to poverty. And that's something that we try and share with the kids as well, explaining to them, you know, the longer you stay in school, the better your job, the better your job, the more income, the better you can look after your family, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Education Um, is a vaccine to poverty and crime. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're also saying to everybody, you know, whenever we get a public platform where um, we can jump in and speak to those who are criticizing the crime situation in South Africa, and, you know, our message to them is back education and, you know, what you will reduce crime and in turn that will also alleviate poverty. Now, you must have a big challenge, Madeleine, to get these bags all over the country. We do. um, Obviously, in terms of logistical fees, um, it's very expensive, and it's also something that we absorb. Mm. So desk bags has been adopted as PR Works' corporate social investment division. Mm. Um, but, you know, what? we can only make so much of a difference, which is why I would like corporate South Africa to come on board. Um, and, you know, the benefit to them is fantastic. Number one, they're helping children uh, mm. in underprivileged areas. Number two, we will put their logos on the outside of the bag so that the community can see exactly where their support comes from. Um, and number three, we throw in a free PR campaign. Uh, we will write a press release for them, invite the local Aww. press. Um, we've got quite a few celebrities that support our cause. And they come through and they help the corporate with a handover. Um, they can get their own staff involved. So it really becomes a nice CSI outing for them and their staff. Um, and it's, it's not just handing over a check and saying, you know what, go and donate some uh, desk bags. So it really and they're creating thing. jobs as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, just hold that, hold that thought, please. We're taking news headlines now with Kirat Lala. Thanks. In the headlines at 1.30, the family of the third person to lose his life as a result of the violent protests in Motutlung in Brits in the northwest says it's still awaiting an explanation from police about what happened. One of the men believed to be linked to Czech fugitive Radovan Kretscher has appeared briefly in a Johannesburg magistrate's court and Kosato has refused to elaborate on the charges that it has put to its suspended General Secretary Zuelin Zimavavi. Details on these and more at 2pm. Otherwise on SAFM. Madeleine, I've been talking to you and I'm not sure how to pronounce your surname. Russia? Or? It's Russia, yes. Russia, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Madeleine, tell me how uh, corporates are, anyone listening now, how do they support the, the, the desk bags? Um, oh, Shadow, thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate that. Yes. Um, you know, if there is a logistical company that would like to uh, get on board, um, we would obviously appreciate that immensely because there's, there is a need across South Africa and, um, you know, our resources can obviously only stretch so far. Mm-hmm. So, number one, if a logistical company would like to come on board, um, you know, we will even put their logos onto the bags. 
Um, number two, if corporate companies would like to get involved, um, like I said, you know what, they, they're literally covering the production cost of the bag, which is 100 rand per bag. There are 3.1 million children in South Africa that need to be helped. Um, our ladies produce, on average, I think it's about two and a half to 3,000 bags, but we've got another standby facility that can jump in and help. Mm -hmm. So literally as many corporates as we can to get involved um, to sponsor bags to children in need, um, you know, are welcome to contact us directly. I love it. I Somebody love it. also asked us if uh, members of the public can get involved. Well, this is it. I'm thinking if I have 100 rand to give, you know. Instead, I must just tell you what we did. Um, right in the beginning when I created these bags, I always said, you know what, this is not something that's going to retail in um, any retail store. Mm. Um, you know, these bags are absolutely awesome. Um, they, they look like fashionable bags, and the kids love them. You can imagine how colorful they are. Um, so I always said that, no, it's not going to be a bag for anybody else because very often when you give these bags to the children, even though it's a recycled item, it's the first brand-new item that they've ever owned in their lives. Mm. Um, you know, if they do have school shoes, they might be too big or they're broken. If they have school shoes, uh, school clothes, again, it's too big. So I like to think that, you know, the desk bag is made specifically for them. Mm. Uh, so I have been turning a lot of uh, people away saying, no, you know what, this bag is not for you. It's purposely created for underprivileged children. Mm. But I was at a conference in New York in June last year, and they said to me, no, your strategy is wrong. Involve the general public, but just increase the price by double. So if you want a bag, it's going to cost you 200 rand instead of 100 rand, because now you are buying a bag for yourself, plus you're automatically donating a bag to a child in need. I see. Yes, so I yes, get. So I'm I, quite excited about that now. So I get two, so two bags in for my 200 rand. One comes to me, and one goes to a child. That's correct. And then also, what we say to people is, please send us a note, and uh, we print those notes out. So it's a personalised note, and we drop them into the bags. And you know, that note can be anything from you. You can tell the child about how special he or she is, or you know, how important education is, or um, I, I don't know, you know, whatever it is that you want to put on there. And then this bag with a note is donated to to a child i love it yeah. i really do i love it okay so we're going to get people to call you and find you um give us your website please the website is www.deskbags plural bags.co.za and they can even place their online orders um we've got a paypal system so it literally is placing an order and the next day your bag is sent off to you are you kidding me is it yeah. that quick yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, Fox News did a story on us, and um, it, it literally was incredible, the, the support that came through from the states, including people volunteering to set up PayPal systems, et cetera, et cetera. So it, even though it is a part-time operation for us in terms of a marketing job, a full-time job for the ladies making it, you know what, this literally happened overnight, which, uh, which I believe is something that obviously was meant to be, you know. Well, we wish you all the best. I really love the idea, and I hope it grows from strength to strength. We need to make sure that those three million bags... Now, how long is it going to take us to produce three million bags? Well, that's what I was saying. We've got a couple of facilities, and I have identified them across the country, you know, with the hope that corporate South Africa is going to come on board really, really strongly. So we can produce as many bags as, um, as sponsors as what we get on a monthly basis. So, and I must just tell sponsors as well, you know, in addition to their logo on the bank, these bags are so, so tough. I actually challenge anybody to try and rip a piece of uh, vinyl billboard. <laughs> um, you know, if these kids look after these bags well, it can last them an entire school career. So it's not something that we're giving them and saying, you know what, this is going to last you for the next six months. And after that, you're on your own because, um, you know, while you're waiting for your classrooms to be built or uh, furnished or whatever, um, and I also need to reiterate that, you know what, we're not criticizing government. We know that government has got major plans in mm -hmm. place to uh, improve education and to build classrooms and to uh, employ the teachers and stock it with the necessary furniture. But these kids have an immediate need. So, you know, it's with those bags right now that we're saying to the kids, at least you've got a working surface. You're going to be a little bit more comfortable. You're not going to have the chronic backache or neck ache. Mm. Um, and it's something that you can use at home. I want to see these bags all over the continent, in fact, because I think I think every child deserves one. Absolutely. So, so let, let, let's let's go and do this, Madeleine. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we wish you all the best, all the strength. And I hope you get a lot of calls from from uh, companies who want to support and individuals, because I think um, you know if 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 I can get a bag and and give one bag to somebody for two hundred rand to yeah, a child, exactly. I mean that's nothing. That really is nothing. So thank you for chatting to us.
Feta, would you mind if I gave you my phone number? As Please well? do. Thank you very much. It's o double one eight nine six one eight one eight. 8961818. Madeline, where are you? Because some people may just want to come in and lend a hand. They are more than welcome. Uh, we need volunteers across the country. Mm-hmm. Because you can imagine, when we um, sort out schools, we've got a couple of handovers now. Um, at the end of this month, we've got a few handovers in Limpopo. We've got some in Kharting. Um, and they are more than welcome to come through. Because what we like to do as well is just add something nice into the bags, you know, whether it is a packet of chips and mm. um, a cold drink or mm. some stationery, if we happen to find a stationery supplier. So there's a lot of logistical hard work that goes into this, and you can imagine as well handing out the bags. So people are more than willing to donate their time. You know what, I can understand that not everybody has the money to donate a bag to a child, but they are more than welcome to come through and volunteer and, uh, you know, help out on the day. Did you say 89618? 1-8. One eight one eight. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm eighteen eighteen. Eighteen eighteen. I'm just about to talk to Sandra Miller, who is the founder of Dignity Dreams, also giving uh, young girls an opportunity to have sanitary towels because some of them uh, don't, when they have their periods, just don't exactly. go to school. So I'm going to put you together so that maybe you can distribute to some girls. Uh, in the bags, some Dignity Dream items. Absolutely. I would love it if we could get involved with that as well. You see, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and good luck here, Madeleine. Thank and you and so well much. done for great work. Thank you very much. And thanks again for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, go and support her. www.deskbags, bags as in plural, .co.za or call Call Madeleine on 011-896-1818. When I come back, talking to Sandra Miller, founder of Dignity Dreams. The Wholesale and Retail CETA invites all its stakeholders to submit their entries for the inaugural Wholesale and Retail Sector Good Practice Awards that are open to all stakeholders in the sector. The closing date for submissions is 17 January 2014. For more information, go to wrceta.org.za or send your email to gpainfo at wrceta.org.za. W and R CETA, the premier authority in skills development, exceeding our stakeholder expectations. The Orange African Nation Championship South Africa 2014 is here. Come and witness the Super Eagles, Bafana Bafana, Chipolo Polo, the Warriors and the rest of the qualified African Giants battle it out in Bulukwani, Pilamukapa Stadium, Mangaung Free State Stadium and Cape Town and Athlone Stadiums. 16 teams, one trophy. The Chan 2014 from 11th January until the 1st of February. Puso Bugu Puena. SAFM is your radio station, so we want to hear what you have to say. We value your inputs and opinions on our programming. The format works for me well. In fact, my day won't be complete without SAFM. And why have you got an SABC representative on that program? It's, it's for editors. Not SABC reps. I love these signing programs. I love hearing everybody's comments. You know, it seems that SAFM is becoming the voice of the dominant global elite, you know, not the ordinary uh, man in the street. I think SAFM is doing a pretty sterling job. Email us, jozi at safm.co.za. Fax us on 011-714-5829 or comment on our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. Thank you for taking the time to provide us with your feedback. This will be carried forward as we think about the future of SAFM's programming. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM. Otherwise, talking women, women who are making a difference out there. And uh, joining me now is Sandra Miller, founder of Dignity Dreams. Sandra, hello. Happy 2014. How are you? Oh, Shadow, thank you so much. Thank you to you. Thank you to Hazel. And wasn't that just the most wonderful woman? I'm going to phone her the minute I put the phone down. I'm I'm glad because I just immediately thought you two should be doing something together because you have the same concerns. Correct. And there's so many synergies. There's a lot of things we can do together. So I think you should also take a bow for for, for getting all these women together. It's what we do. That's what we do, Sandra. And it's what you do that you know that brings you to the table and talking about what you do how is your campaign going um shadow we um we 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 managed to hand out over 2500 packs in a five-month period um we always busy 
making them better, improving the quality, improving the style. But, you know, the, the heartening thing is when you go back to principals, mothers, etc., and they are so grateful that their daughters don't have to suffer this, this indignity of, mm. of, of not having a sanitary towel. I mean, it's, it's very sad. Sa- somebody, you know, who's listen- a- Sandra, somebody who's listening for the first time doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. All so right. so okay. Tell, right. us up, okay. tell us about okay. your product. All right, we make beautiful, feminine, reusable sanitary towels. So you can use it over and over. And I know sometimes it's hard to grasp. So we've got a a two-minute video on our website that Mm -hmm. shows you exactly how it works, how to keep it clean, etc. And they can last for, these packs can last for up to two years. And how do you get the material that you use to to produce these? And and, and how do you pay for them, Sandra? You know what, um, Shadow, I must tell you, women's groups have been so, so good to us. Church groups, book clubs, etc., um, lunch clubs. Corporate South Africa is slowly, slowly but surely coming on board because, you know, the men, well, women too, they, they, they cringe when they hear the word reusable sanitary towel. Yes. <laughs> but once we've opened the pack and shown them how pretty it is and how pretty it can look and it's comfortable and soft, and feminine, then I think barriers break. Barriers mm-hmm. break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, like your, your previous guest said, we, we only think that the very poor, very rural uh, people need it. But it's not so. We, we um, had a large order from uh, um, UJ because these girls come here, they're on bursaries, they don't have money. And uh, in the res, they were using a toilet roll per day per sure. student. Until I said to them, you know, it's because these girls do not have sanitary towels. Mm. So we're even helping them, caregivers, mothers, the frail, the elderly are using it as panty liners. So we, we, we're quite proud. We're quite proud of that. Now, I, I see that you've, you've encouraged people to, to, you know, people that run, that cycle, that swim, that yes. walk or play golf. They must play for Dignity Dreams. Explain yes. that to us. Um, Shadow, one lady cycled for us in a um, a, a huge race last year. She raised on her own single-handedly 17,000 rand. And it just got me thinking that while you are riding and cycling and sweating, please can't you just get people to sponsor you per kilometer and, and give the money to us. Okay, so so you you encouraging everyone. Have you, have you approached any of the upcoming events? Yes, yes. No, no, no. We've 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 chosen the uh, big three, and um, so we, we we've we've asked them if we can be listed charities. Unfortunately, for one or two of them, we're a little too late this year. But we will certainly do it next year. But in the meantime, you know, if people are going to ride as a, a team or for their company, they must please be in touch with us. Okay, so so um, if they they can approach you and then tell you who they're running, where they're running, and, and 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 Correct. give you what's your target, Sandra? You know, like your previous guest, she mentioned, three point one million people need desks. Mm. Well, two point one million schoolgirls need dignity dreams packs right now, mm. right now, and. We we do have people uh, sewing for us, also people that were previously unemployed who are now earning a, 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 a decent wage. It is not too difficult for us, Shadow, to, to get more people to sew, yeah. more people to make these things in all the corners of South Africa. But we do need people to step up and start sponsoring these packs. I see. I see. So you do. You can start them in every province. It's just that you need the money for, 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 for the material. Yes, yes, yes. We just need. And, you know, one of the, the other good things um, about this project is when we do handovers, it's not just a case of handing them over, telling the girls how to wash them, keep them clean. We also give a talk on how special their bodies are, what Mm. a wonderful time it is for them, how to care for themselves, do they have period pains, what to do, Mm. how to make themselves more more comfortable. So I'm I'm also, I'm wanting girls to realize they are special and that is 
it's a very a precious time in your life. Sandra, I hope uh, you are heard and I hope you reach that 2.1 million, which is your target. And all it takes is what? Corporates coming abroad, abroad and uh, what about individuals? Yes, no, no, no. As I say, no, no, no. The um, three quarters of our funding has come from uh, women's groups, mm. from ordinary women like you and I, buying five packs, ten packs, twenty packs, church groups. I mean, it's it has been absolutely astonishing. Really, it has. By far, the general public has been our biggest supporter. And who our dis- biggest supporter? Who distributes them for you? They. You know, um, Shadow, I've been in the NPO sector for 19 years, so I've built up very, very good networks in every province. So I can always send it to to that NPO. Normally when people um, um, fund us, they say, please take it to a school in Laudium or take it to a school in Attridgeville, etc., in which case we do, we take photos, we send it to the school, or otherwise they say, please hand it out in the Eastern Cape to any good cause. And then I say, you know, then as I say, we we call on on the people we already know, the NGOs we already know, and who we know that are not going to dump these things in a, a, a waste bin, who are, are going to use them. Every pack has an instruction manual, etc. So if I'm not there to, to do a handover, it's quite simple. Fantastic. Well, get hold of uh, Madeleine, because the two of will, you can I have will. a conversation. Right. And we will keep, we'll keep checking in on you to find Thank out you. how you're doing and if you're getting any positive responses. That, Thank you so much, Shadow. And well, well done. We wish you all the best, hey, Sandra. Can, can I give you an email? Yes, a, a, please. A website? Yes, please. Is there time? Okay, that it's www.dignitydreams, with an S, mm. dignitydreams.com www.dignitydreams.com That's it. Sandra Miller, you're a queen. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you very much. You take care now. Thank you. Bless you. Bye-bye. 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 There there you have it. Uh, If you find it... And this is... You know, some kids didn't go to school today because they don't have sanitary towels. Can you imagine? You know, out of all the things we think about and talk about, they don't have sanitary towels, young girls. So... Please find it within yourself to to assist where you can, you know, whether you're an individual and also uh, the desks. And uh, I, I just love these women who do these amazing things. We'll be back after this.
Mary J. Blige before I let you go. A song done also by Frankie Beverly with Maze. Bring us the time now for Nali Bali. Okay, I'm supposed to have a children's story. I'm not sure what is going on. The story today is the story of the enchanting song of the magical bird. That... Like sweet little dears, it's time for a story with Nali Bali. This is the story of the enchanting song of the magical bird. One day, a strange bird appeared in a small village in Africa. From that day on, nothing was safe. Anything the villagers planted in the fields disappeared overnight. Every morning, there were sheep, goats, and chickens missing. Even during the day, while the villagers were working in the fields, the gigantic bird would come and steal the grain that was stored for winter. The villagers were very unhappy. Hey! Shoo! Shoo! Go away! Stop taking our grain. Yeah, yeah we, we don't, don't want, want you taking, taking our food anymore. Nothing the villagers did chased the bird away. Even the bravest man in the village could not get his hands on it. The bird was just too quick. No one ever saw it. They just heard the rushing of its big wings as it landed on the top of the old yellowwood tree. The headman of the village did not know what to do. One day, after the bird had stolen his goats and winter grain, he called the older men together. I wonder why the headman has called us together. Sharpen your machetes and your axes. Then you all must cut down the tree. That is the answer. With their axes and machetes sharpened, the older men moved to the great tree. They all chopped together. The tree shook, and from the thick leaves at the top, the strange and mysterious bird appeared. It opened its beak, and a beautiful song came from its throat. The song touched the hearts of the men. They seemed to hear and see beautiful things. The song was so beautiful that one by one the men dropped their machetes and axes. The men sank to their knees and stared up at the beautiful bird with its brilliantly coloured feathers. The men's hands became weak and their hearts became soft. No! no said the village men. Such, Such a beautiful bird could, could never have stolen the animals and the grain. When the sun sank red in the west, they walked slowly as if they were asleep back to the headman of the village. There is nothing we can do. We cannot hurt that beautiful bird. The headman of the village was very angry. Well, then the young men of the tribe will have to help me. They will be able to get rid of the bird. The next morning, the young men took their sharp axes and machetes and went to the tree. They stood around the large tree trunk and started to chop. Again, just as before, the tree shook, and out of its leaves the strange bird appeared with its beautiful feathers. And again, just as before, the bird started to sing. The beautiful song went far out across the hills. The young men stopped to listen. The song spoke to them about love and courage and all the brave deeds that they would do. This bird cannot be bad said the young village men. Listen to the song. This bird cannot be wicked. The young men's arms became weak and their axes and machetes fell from their hands. Just as the older men did before them, 
they knelt down, listening to the song of the strange bird. When night came, they stumbled back to the village and stood in front of the headman. They still heard the song of the bird in their ears. It's impossible, said the young men of the village to the headman. No, no one, one can, can escape, escape the magical power of this bird. The headman was very sad. We must get rid of that bird. It will destroy all our food. Then he thought of the children of the village. The children of the village are good. Their hearts are pure. Their ears, hear, their ears hear truly and their eyes see clearly. I will take the children to the tree. The next morning, the headman and the children went to the tree where the strange bird was resting. As soon as the children started to chop the trunk of the tree, the beautiful bird appeared. But the children did not look up. The bird started to sing, but the children only listened to their own chop, chop, chop of musical sounds. The headman could hear the beautiful song, and he could feel his hands and knees becoming weak. But the children's ears only heard the chop, 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 and the words of their own song that they were singing. Because they were small and they had thin arms, it took the children a long time to chop the tree trunk. Eventually the trunk creaked and cracked apart. The great tree crashed to the ground and the strange, mysterious bird flew up into the air and disappeared. That night there was a great feast to reward the children for what they had done. You, you the children, are the only ones who hear truly and whose eyes are clear. You will be the eyes and ears of our village from this day. And so it was, and so it should always be. It is not only the wisest or strongest among us that are capable of great things. This story shows that every person, no matter how strong or big, is capable of great things. Every person, no matter how big, small, old or young, has its place in the world just like the brave children who saved the village. This story taught us to be brave and to work together. And so we come to the end of today's story on Nali Bali. If you would like more stories to read, visit nalibali.mobi on your cell phone. That's nalibali.mobi. You can also get Nali Bali supplement with great stories and activities available every Tuesday in the Dispatch, Wednesday in the Times, and Thursdays in the PE Herald. Thank you to the producers, Leon Fisser, Cassie Lowers, and Kim Winter. That's it from Otherwise. Thank you for joining us and thank you to Hazel and Garnet. It is now time for SAFM News with Kirat Lala. It's two o'clock.